0: Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences.
0: Welcome back to Mutual Presents, episode 425. I'm Jack Ward, right here with my co-pilot for your passage to yesteryear, Penny the Cat. The laughs keep on coming with the adventures of Maisie on Mutual Presents. Our look back at the very best of Mutual Broadcasting System shows. Mutual Spiritual Father for our future. This week our gal gets in all kinds of trouble with Maisie Plays Cupid on the Farm and... Maisie bets Joe's tonsorial parlor and shaving solarium on a horse. Wow, that's a weird title. There are so many in the Maisies. But anyway, so wind those clocks, sit back, and enjoy a gentler time of radio. Right, Penny?
2: Hiya, babe. Say, how about a little. Ow! Does that answer your question, buddy?
3: The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. (laughs) You all remember Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in Radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen, Ann Southern. But first, your announcer. We'll Southern as Maisie.
2: Yep, I'm Maisie, like the fella said. Maisie Revere. And I'm a showgirl. An out-of-work showgirl. I just quit a nightclub because the manager wanted me to show a little too much. So I just packed my old black suitcase and hit the road. It was way out west where men are supposed to be. Only for miles and miles I didn't see any. Then as luck would have it, I stumbled up to a farmhouse and the farmer... A really nice widowed gentleman named Jed Parker surprised me by offering me a job. And I surprised him by taking it. <laughs> I'd never worked on a farm before, and I never realized what a leisurely life farm work is. You cook the meals, draw the water from the well, feed the chickens, clean the house, turn the butter, scrub the laundry, and simple little chores like that. Well, you'll have to pardon me now, folks. i got to get to work.
4: Well, how's it coming, Maisie?
2: Oh, good evening, Mr. Parker.
4: Evening? Maisie, it's morning.
2: It is? <laughs> and how come it's so dark?
4: <laughs> you still got your eyes closed.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> guess I'm still not used to getting up so early, boss. Oh,
4: I know farming is hard work, Maisie, but it's done you a lot of good. It's making a new woman out of you.
2: Well, gee, you're, you're very kind, Mr. Parker. Oh,
4: you're the one that's kind, Maisie. You can stay here as long as you want. I like you. <laughs> and Timmy worships the ground you walk on.
2: And I think that son of yours is a wonderful boy. Handsome, too. Oh,
5: you really think so, Maisie?
4: I mean, Miss Revere.
2: Timmy, you got everything that Van Johnson has. And I pity the poor girls around here when you start breaking it in. Van Johnson? Uh, sure. Oh, you're just laughing at me. <laughs> no, we're not, Timmy. Uh, you're my little sweetheart. I am? Hmm, gosh.
4: <laughs> well, stop blushing, sweetheart, and go down and get the mail.
2: Yes, sir. Oh, yes, yeah, sure.
5: Pa- uh, would you like to walk down to the mailbox with me, Maisie? I want to ask you something... Uh, Well, sort of personal.
2: Well, I'm afraid it'll have to keep a while, Timmy. I still got these rugs to beat. Oh, okay, Maisie. I'll be right back. Yeah,
4: Maisie, let me beat those rugs for you. You must be tired.
2: Uh Uh-uh. Beating rugs is the one thing I enjoy. I keep imagining each rug is a personal enemy of mine.
4: (laughs) Well, okay, then. I'll get to work.
2: Hmm. Now, on with the fun. My agent... (coughs) The guy that sold me these tight shoes... (coughs) The cricket that kept me up last night. Ouch! Oh, I'm sorry, cricket. I didn't think you were listening.
6: Miss, I'm not a cricket. I'm Judge Snodgrass.
2: Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Judge. But you shouldn't hide behind rugs. Where did I hit you? In the...
6: Never mind, never mind.
2: Oh, that low, huh? Well, that's what you get for snooping.
6: I was not snooping, miss. I've got the farm the other side of the fence. And say, I ain't seen you around before. You ain't Jed Parker's new wife, by any chance, are you? Nope. One of his kinfolk, maybe?
2: Nope. I'm just staying here. Oh, I see. No, you don't see. Now, what's on your nasty old mind?
6: You tell Jed Parker for me that I won't have his hens laying eggs on my property.
2: Oh, no, you sonny. From what I've seen of hens, when they're going to lay an egg, they're going to lay an egg. You ain't heard the end of this, young woman. Well, i better get back to
6: my place. The morning air is not good for me. <coughs> i got a cold in my head, and I don't want it to get down to my chest.
2: <laughs> well, why don't you just tie a knot in your neck? <laughs> I'm back, Maisie. Say, isn't that Judge Snodgrass walking down the path? Yeah. Seems like the judge and our hands don't see eye to eye. Oh. Um, any of that mail for me, Timmy?
5: Oh, uh, no, just the weekly paper and some bills and my dancing lesson.
2: Dancing lessons?
5: Yeah. Well, it's it's dancing that I really wanted to ask you about, Maisie. Oh? Yeah. Will you do me the
2: honor to accompany me to our high school dance next Saturday night at 8.30 formal? Oh, well, Timmy, I'd love to, but, gee, think of the difference in our ages. Oh, what difference does a year
5: or two make,
2: Maisie? A year or two? Oh, Timmy, I love you. You do? <laughs> Honest?
5: When did you first know? I mean, am I... Am I interrupting something, old chap?
2: Oh, Timmy, your voice suddenly got older. Oh, <laughs> hello. I-, I don't think we've met.
7: Uh, Ronald Thornton, a neighbor, miss. And how do you do?
2: Well, likewise, don't you know? I'm Maisie Revere. Oh, really? uh Say, so you ain't... I mean, uh, aren't a farmer, are you?
7: Maisie, about the dance. Well, I came to this country principally to study American agricultural methods, uh, mostly animal husbandry.
2: Oh, I never knew animals actually had husbands. I just thought they sort of ad-libbed those things. (laughs) Maisie, uh,
5: I'd sure like to take you to that dance. That's a joke, I'm
7: sure. (laughs) No, I
5: mean it. I'd like her to go with me.
7: No, I meant about the animal husbandry, Timmy. Oh. I may have dropped over to find out if you've seen her.
5: Oh, no, no. Her old lady keeps her under lock and key. Maisie, about the Keeps who
2: under lock and key, Ronald?
5: They're having a three-piece band
7: and... the girl I love, Miss Revere, Joan Hooper. It's a lost cause, I'm afraid. But why? I'm sure Maisie likes to dance. No, I mean my chances of marrying Joan.
2: But why, Ronald? If the boy and girl are in love, that's all that matters, I always say.
7: That's what I
5: always say, too. This means an awful lot to me, Maisie.
2: I know it does. And we must do something about it.
5: Yeah, sure, Maisie. When it's the real thing, we must make the most
7: of each precious moment.
2: That's right. We should bring Ronald and Joan together.
7: We... Ronald and Joan? Sure. But, Paul, Miss Revere, frankly, I'm going a bit out of my mind.
5: You ain't the only one, Maisie. Jimmy, come
1: here at
4: once.
5: Just a minute, Pop. Jimmy, oh, all right. I'll see you later, Maisie.
2: Now, Ronald, if you don't mind my buttoning in, what's the score between you and this Joan?
7: Oh, well, Miss Revere... I, I suppose I'm too madly in love with Joan to have any pride left. If, if only I could see her once in a while.
2: Gosh, the love bug sure has bitten a big chunk out of you.
7: <laughs> yes, but but Joan's mother simply abhors the idea of her daughter marrying a mere farmer. The hoopers are sort of the local upper crust, you see. Oh,
2: Pooh, uh, what's the upper crust anyway? Just a bunch of crumbs held together by their own dough. Say, what that Joan needs is a little spunk talked into her. What's her phone number?
7: Oh, I couldn't telephone her. Her mother knows my voice.
2: But she don't know mine. And I've got an idea how to get her out of the house.
7: But, 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 There's
2: no buts about it. You want to have children someday, don't you? Oh,
7: yes, of course. But Mrs. Hooper would never forgive Joan and me if we got married.
2: And your children would never forgive if you didn't. <laughs> Hello? Hello. I would like to talk to Mrs. J. Crosley Hooper, please.
8: This is her. I mean, she. Who is this?
2: I mean, whom? Oh, uh, well, this is the society editor of Whom's Who. I mean, uh, who's whom. We are inaugurating a new supplement to our publication, Mrs. Hooper, entitled The Most Outstanding Diputants of the Year. And your daughter, Joan, has been selected as one of them. My kid! I mean, my daughter, one of the most outstanding debutantes of the year? Wow! I mean, really? Uh, Yes, really. We should like to take a picture of Joan to publish in our forthcoming edition. Uh, Would you have her come out to the Jed Parker farm immediately? I mean, immediately.
8: The Jed Parker farm? But why not take the picture right here in our $178,000 home, surrounded by the culture amongst which she was born?
2: Oh, that's a very good question, Mrs. Hooper. Have her at the Parker farm immediately. That is, unless you don't care to have Joan's picture appear in print. Oh, sure, sure. Keep your pants...
8: I mean, <laughs> don't be impatient. Uh, Joan will be there. Au revoir, my dear. That's French, you know. Really?
2: <laughs> well, you could going to fool me. Goodbye now. Joan! Joan, come downstairs at once!
8: Oh, just a minute,
7: Mother. What's all the ruckus about, Gussie?
8: Crosley, how many times must I tell you to desist from calling me Gussie? You know what you should call me.
9: Yeah, but I don't like to do it in front of our kid.
8: I mean, now that we're accepted into society, I wish you'd refer to me as Augustine. And take your feet off the dining room table. Well, don't get all head up, Gussie. I got my shoes off, ain't I? Please, Crosley, don't be vulgar. It's our Joan. They want her picture took as one of the most outstanding debutantes of the season.
7: Well, gee, what do you know? Our little stinker in society. Yeah. <laughs> Making her debut.
8: Not debut, egghead. It's debut.
9: Debut?
8: Yes. Anyway, this will be wonderful for Joan. She'll meet new men.
9: Now, look, Gussie, why do you have to interfere with a poor kid's love
8: life? Pooh. Marry a farmer. Our Joni will be brought up amongst culture, not agriculture. Think of our family position. (laughs)
7: Family position? What family position?
8: Mine, Crosley, naturally. After all, I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth.
7: And a tin tray in your hand. Crosley!
8: Uh...
2: Ronnie. Ronnie, darling, it's been so long. I, I didn't dream that I'd find you here at the farm.
7: Well, it's all Miss Revere's idea. She she brought us together. Oh,
2: yeah, she... but the thing is to keep you together. And there's one real yummy way marriage. Will you, John? Oh, gee, I'd love to. But mother What's that old crow got to do with it? Please, that old crow happens to be my mother. I mean, well, despite what she's done, she still loves me. Well, so
7: do I, darling. And don't you want
2: to marry me? Oh, I do, Ronnie, in the worst way. Well, then do it without your mother's consent. That's probably the worst way. But well but why not? You're both old enough, aren't you? I mean, for a license. Well, I'm twenty-eight. And I'm almost eighteen. I'm seventeen and seven eight. Well, that ain't exactly a December and May wedding, but there there is a sizable difference in your ages. Oh. And you think that's not good? Well, maybe I've done too much thinking. Look, you two wait here. I'm going in the barn and talk to Timmy Parker and get an innocent bystander's opinion. Oh, Timmy. Here I am, Maisie. Oh, Timmy. Huh? I want to talk to you about something very serious. Something serious? Yeah. How do you feel about marriage?
5: Well, I think that... Huh? M- me? M- marriage?
2: Yeah. I feel that that's the only answer to our problem right now, don't you?
5: Oh, but, Miss Revere, I mean, Maisie, this is so sudden.
2: Well, I know, Timmy. It was for me, too.
5: I'll have to ask my pop what he thinks first. Oh, I I know he'll bring up the matter of the difference in ages.
2: Oh, but that doesn't matter when two people both want each other so desperately, does it?
5: Doesn't it? I mean, of course it doesn't. Uh, Does it?
2: Well, that's a question I want you to answer, Timmy.
5: Oh, I guess when it's bigger than both of us,
2: who are we to fight against it? Then the answer is yes? I I guess so. Uh, But when? When? Right away, of course. Right away? Sure. Timmy. Hmm? What do people in this town, people madly in love who can't wait, do to get married quick-like without waiting for a license?
5: Oh, oh, they they drive to Quigley. Judge Wiggins there don't ask too many questions. Good,
2: but I'll go to Quigley. All? Sure, the four of it. Joe and Ronald, you and I. That'll solve the witness problem.
5: Oh, oh, yeah, i got to have witnesses. I can be ready as soon as I finish my algebra homework.
2: Oh, I'm so glad that you and I both see eye to eye on this desperate step. Oh golly, Timmy, I'm so happy about it I could kiss you.
5: Oh, please, Maisie, not now. Later, when it'll be legal.
3: The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern, will continue in just a moment.
1: and the fee for performing this ceremony. Uh, well, we get on with the marrying. Huh?
2: Uh, Judge Wiggins, I hope we're not keeping you up. Well,
1: you yeah, are. I do all my marrying nights, and my sleeping days. Couldn't you folks come back later to...
2: Judge.
7: Nye. I'm sorry, old chap, but we, we just couldn't wait. Isn't that right, John?
2: Oh, no, darling, just couldn't. No, and I'm in a hurry too, Judge, so put some toothpicks under your eyelids and start.
7: Well, we can't without Timmy. Where is that boy? Yeah, where is the other witness? Miss. <coughs>
2: Here I am, Maisie.
7: I was just
5: making a just-married sign for the back of my... I mean, our jalopy. I love tradition, Maisie, don't you, oh, dear?
2: Sure, honey, sure. Well, we're ready, Judge. Judge. Oh, dear, he's gone to sleep again. I
7: say, Judge, old chap, do open your eyes and let's have at it.
2: I'll wake him up with his gavel.
10: Uh,
6: $10 a days. Uh, oh, yes, at the
7: wedding. Uh,
5: uh, take your places. Okay. Uh, do I take the bride's hand, Judge? Oh, well, hardly, old
7: boy. I'll do that.
2: You? Well, naturally, Timmy. Then after the ceremony, he goes on a honeymoon with the bride. He goes? Say, that's going a little too
5: far, Don't you think so, Joan?
2: Well, of course not. I I expect it. You do? Timmy, didn't your father tell you about the facts of life?
5: Yeah, but gosh, he must have skipped something. Maisie, won't it be a little embarrassing to have Ronald along on our honeymoon?
2: Well, of course not, Timmy. You see,
5: our honeymoon...
2: Timmy, I'm the one that's getting married.
5: Oh, gosh, I'm sorry, Joan, but Maisie asked me first.
7: Well, I'm afraid there's been a mistake, Timmy. She's marrying me.
2: Are you Maisie? No, he means Joan. He and Joan. He and
5: Hmm. Oh. Oh. Silly of me to think. <laughs> I'm that...
2: sorry, Timmy. Oh, so am yeah. I, Timmy. You're not the groom. You're just the best man. I mean, the best kid. Shit.
5: Oh, fine thing. I had to put on
7: my new jeans for nothing. Well, let's get on with it, shall we? Judge. Judge. Pop out a bit, my lad.
2: Yeah, wake up.
11: Yes? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, oh, sure. Um, um uh, dearly beloved, uh, we are gathered together to witness the marriage of... Hurry
5: up, Mr. Judge. i got to get back to high school, and so does the bride.
2: Timmy. The
11: bride. How old are you, my dear?
10: Uh,
11: old. Old. Oh, you have to be 18 to get married. If not, you must have the consent of your parents.
2: Oh, fine.
11: Uh, well, miss, how old are you? Twenty-two. 20, uh, Twenty-two. Seems to be a slight difference of opinion.
4: Oh. Ah, so I'm just in time, eh?
2: Huh? Yeah, Mister Parker, it's almost over. Timmy,
4: you're not marrying that that show person. Well, now I oh. say, old chap, you've got this thing all wrong. It's that, I... that 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 actress I've had all wrong. She's not going to marry my son.
2: Oh, well, Mister Parker, it's Joan and Ronald that are getting married. Oh, uh. <laughs> well,
4: shall we start
11: again? I'm I'm a tired man. Do you, Joan?
4: Uh, Where's her
2: folks? Home. Go ahead, Judge.
4: Do you... Oh, then they gave the consent, huh? Couldn't be married unless they did. Joan's underage, you know. Do you, Joe? Underage? Oh,
2: now look what you've done, Mr. Parker. Oh, please, Judge, please. I love him.
11: I'm sorry, little girl. You come back when
6: you're 18. And now, good night. Well, Dad, you sure
8: did it.
2: Oh, my mother will never give her consent. She wants me to marry a blue blood. Yeah, red clashed with her carpets.
4: Oh, gee, kids, I'm sorry.
2: Well, Mr. Parker, I'm not through yet. Some way, I don't know how. I'm going to get these two kids married if it has to be over your dead body. And at the moment, that's a very tempting idea.
10: (laughs)
8: this telegram. Oh, isn't it too, too thrilling? It's from Ronnie's sister, Lady Millicent Smythe Smythe. His sister is a lady? Yes, you lucky girl. And it seems that Ronnie is really Lord Sir Baron Duke Thornton.
9: Lord Sir Baron Duke? Not Count
8: also? Oh, silly boy. Counts are French. And dear, dear Ronnie is British. I never knew Ronnie had a sister. Oh, and an immensely wealthy one, the dames loaded. I mean... (laughs) Quite well off. Listen to the rest of the wire. I am passing through the colonies en route to South Africa to visit the diamond mines, Mater and Pater, left to me and Brater. Brater, Crosley, didn't you learn anything at school? That's Latin for brother. Lady Millicent obviously has educated brains. But to me, she sounds like a screwball. Joan, dear, that is hardly the way to speak of your future sister-in-law. Sister-in-law... Oh, you mean me and Ronnie? Oh, Mother. Exactly. Now, here's the rest of the telegram. Suggest you arrange wedding. My brother and your daughter, whilst I am there, will arrive at four, coming direct to your residence. Your daughter is a very lucky girl. Signed, Lady, Millicent, Smite, Smite.
12: She's lucky, Well, Ronnie's the lucky one to get a girl like Joan.
7: Oh,
8: who cares who's lucky, as long as I'm going to be Mrs. Lloyd, Sir Baron Duke Thornton. Well, I'd better hurry and get into something nice for the wedding. Well, Cosby, aren't you going to get dressed for the wedding? Dressed?
12: You mean a tie and everything?
8: Yes, and wear your tails like you did at the opening of the opera. Tails? And no brown shoes this time. Okay, all right. Oh, darling, it'll be a beautiful ceremony. And we'll have dear, dear Judge Snodgrass perform it. Oh, I know he'll be just delighted to meet Lady Millicent. (laughs) Well, Carly, you haven't said a word about the lovely plans I have. Aren't you going to say something?
7: Raw, raw, raw. Would you look?
8: Oh, shut up, uh, Ronnie dear! Aren't you excited at the prospect of meeting your sister?
7: Uh, more than you know.
8: I'm a little curious too.
3: Lady Millicent Smythe, Smythe.
2: Well, well, cherry, oh, pip, pip, vivat, and all that sort of thing. Oh, Ronnie, my dear, dear brother, Ronnie. <laughs>
7: Hello, Millicent, old girl. Tis quite a surprise seeing you.
2: Yes, tis, is, it isn't it? <laughs> jolly
7: seeing you again, old girl. I, I I trust everything at the old castle of ours is quite uh, jolly. How are the moats?
2: Uh, the moats? Oh, they're fine. They send you their dearest regards, you know. All sorts of greetings from your cronies at Lyatis Square. But that's Lester. Oh, yes, yes. Lester sent his regards, too. <laughs> Laid up the poor is. Hurt his leg some game of sport. Oh, cricket? No, broke it. Broke it? Oh, <laughs> such a delightful sense of humor. Oh. So this is the lovely bride. Oh, oh dear, no. I'm her mother. Oh, and so young, too.
8: Jadoo. Jadoo. This is the bride, my daughter Joan.
2: Jadoo. Jadoo.
12: I'm her old man. To do. To do yourself.
7: Put it there, sister.
2: Uh, but what where? Oh, you you
8: mustn't mind my husband, Lady Smythe. You see, he he was raised on a ranch.
2: Well, what say? Shall we get this wedding what not over with what?
7: Uh, yes, yes. I believe I heard the judge's car pull up a moment ago.
3: Judge Snodgrass. Well, I'm
6: here, ready to perform the ceremony. Howdy,
8: Crosley. Joan, Ronald. Oh, Jed Snodgrass. <laughs> Jed this is Ronnie's sister from England, Lady Millicent Smythe. Uh, hello. Fair to Midland. Lady Millicent, what are you doing with Joan's veil over your face? Well, just thought I'd wear it till after the ceremony. My face gets chilled chill from the draft. Well, Lady Millicent, I'll, I'll get
2: you something else. A pillow, perhaps. Oh, oh, don't bother, really. The veil will do. We British are quite used to rushing at you now.
12: Well, Joan needs that veil more than you.
2: Uh, that's what you think.
12: Now, nobody's holding up the wedding of my daughter to the man
6: she loves. Yeah, let's get it going i got to get the doctors for another treatment. Some fresh girl hit me plumb on my sacroiliac over at the Parker's this morning.
7: Uh, Ma- I mean, Millicent, uh, let Joan have the veil and let's go on with the wedding. Our train leaves shortly.
8: Yes, our honeymoon train.
7: Yeah, so give us that veil.
9: Oh, uh,
2: Rosalie, you shouldn't have. If I ever see that girl again, I'll... You... Yes, Crosley, you shouldn't have. But Judge Snodgrass, you know Lady Millicent. I know her, and believe me, she ain't no lady. Now, listen, you old goat. Just because I happen to be working at the Parker farm. Oh, working. Oh, oh, my, I think I'm going to faint. She ain't royalty. Oh, but
8: she did it for us, Mother, for Ronnie and me.
7: Yes, we love each other, Mrs. Hooper.
8: Joan will never marry this farmer. Do you hear me? Never.
7: Like heck she won't. That's the spirit, Pop.
2: Crossley, how dare you talk like that.
7: Shut up, Gussie. Shut up. Oh, now, see here, Mr. Hooper. Judge
2: Snodgrass, would you like to be a little angel?
7: Well, sure.
2: And drop dead. Oh, Crossley. Crosby,
8: you haven't spoken to me like that ever. Not in 20 years.
7: Then I'm 20 years late.
8: Then we can be married, Father.
7: You're darn right you can. Oh, oh Joan, yeah. darling, at last. Well, if Mrs. Hooper's
6: against it, I won't perform the ceremony. But
7: we'll miss our
2: train. No, you won't. We're all going back to Judge Wiggins over in Quigley in a hurry. And, Joan. Yes, maybe? If we're ever going to get Judge Wiggins through it, you'd better bring an alarm clock. <laughs>
3: Just a moment, we shall return to The Adventures of Maisie. And
2: Here's Maisie. Well, so Joan and Ronnie were married, and I sure hope they live happily ever after. And they will if they remember one important thing. It isn't the saying of I do at the wedding ceremony that's important. It's the things they do after that counts. For instance, if you have an argument with your wife and she's right, come to her and admit it. But if she's wrong, take her to the movie. Well, i got to hit the road again. Living out in the open ain't for a city gal like me. All that health can kill a person. She is a long way back to Brooklyn, especially if you're traveling by thumb. Well, gotta get going. Come on, feet. Mush.
3: You've just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included B. Benaderet, Ben Wright, Hans Conried, Sheldon Leonard, Will Wright, Earl Ross, Sammy Hill, and Sidney Miller. Jack McCoy speaking. <laughs> Ouch.
2: Does that answer your question, buddy?
3: The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. (laughs) You all remember Metro Goldwyn Mayer's famous Maisie pictures. In just a moment, you'll hear Maisie in radio, starring the same glamorous star you all went to see and loved on the screen Ann Southern. But first, your announcer.
2: Southern as Maisie. Yes, I'm Maisie, like the fella said. Maisie Revere. When I was just a kid, I had to leave school to help support the family. My old man was the superstitious type. He wouldn't work any week that had a Tuesday in it. So naturally, I always hungered for a real formal schooling. And finally, my dream came true. Today is graduation day. Gosh, I'm nervous. There on the platform is Professor McVicker, handing out the diplomas. When the professor called out my name and asked me to come up for my diploma, I was so excited I almost swallowed my gum.
13: Maisie Revere?
2: Yes, honey. I mean, Professor. Miss Revere. Yes. As a reward
13: for your conscientious efforts, those long, grueling hours of study, this institution awards you its highest badge of merit. Your diploma. Oh, gee. Now, raise your right hand and repeat after me. I. I. Your name, please.
2: Your name, please. Oh, I mean Maisie Revere. I promise never,
13: by word or action, to violate the sacred trust with which I have been endowed.
2: So do I. <laughs> uh,
13: uh, and Miss Revere, it gives me no pleasure whatsoever to present
2: you with this diploma. Oh, gee, thanks, Professor. Carly, just think, now I'm a full-fledged manicurist. Now, um, what barbershop do I go to work at, Professor? Miss Revere, I'd like to recommend you to the shop where
13: I get my nails done.
2: You would? Y- yes,
13: I'd like to, but I can't. Oh. You have graduated at the very bottom of your class. Mm. This institute demands perfection before we can recommend you to a barbershop. After all, you did flunk hangnails. Mm. And your half-moon instructor tells me you handled the cuticle pusher like a snow plow.
2: Well, I did get four out of five correct on the daily manicuring exams, and the student I worked on said I should get an A for speed. Oh, really,
13: Miss Riddler? Which student was that?
2: Oh, uh, there she is out there, the one with the bandage on her hands.
13: Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Well, well, now, here's the name of a barber shop that might need the services of a capable... of a manicurist.
2: Oh, huh. Joe's Tonsorial Parlor. Oh, gee,
13: thanks, Pra. It isn't a large shop, mind you, Miss Revere. Only two chairs and a copy of Esquire. But Joe might be interested in putting you on.
2: Oh, gosh, Professor, you're a sweetheart. I don't know how to show my gratitude.
13: Well, Miss Revere, there is a way. Should anybody ask you at what school you learn manicuring? Yes. Do us a great favor. And don't tell them. Hey, goodbye, and good luck, Miss Revere. <laughs>
5: Hello, Joe's tonsorial Parlour and shaving, Solarium. Put your face in our hands. Joe speaking.
11: Hello, this here is Nick, the bookie speaking. is Steve, the barber there.
5: Oh, uh, sure. Steve, there's somebody on the phone for you. What's he want? What do you got? Well, tell him I'm busy. Hey, put down that racing form and answer the phone. It's Nick, your bookie. Oh. I told you lots of times to ask him not to call you during business.
9: Hey, look, Joe, someday a horse of mine will come in and then you'll be working for little Stevie. Ah. Give me that phone. Hello, Nick. Hi,
11: hey, Steve, Nick. What night are you throwing your dough away on today.
9: Laughing water in a second. Two bucks on the nose.
11: Got the
9: dough, Stevie? Oh, gosh, you know me, Nick.
11: Mm-hmm. Got the dough, Stevie. Well, oh,
9: don't worry, Nick. I'll have the dough for you if I have to get it honestly. Now, you just hop around. If I'm out to lunch, I'll leave the dough for you.
11: Okay, sucker, I'll be there. So long.
9: Now, Joe, how about a buck and a half? Huh? Oh, no. Oh, you'd loan a measly piece of change like that to somebody you know, wouldn't you? Sure I would, stranger. Oh, I'll pay it back tomorrow. That nag's coming in, I tell you. So is Mr. Hotchkiss. I
5: still owe him $52 on these barber chairs. And all I got is 35 bucks. I got troubles
9: too. Where am I going to get the other... Uh, uh, fifth, uh, the, uh, the rest of the money? Look, I'm telling you, Joe, it's a cinch. Two bucks on laughing water and we'll be sitting on air. Uh, so will the customers. If Mr. Hotskiss don't get his money today, he's taken out the chairs.
2: Um, good morning. I'd like to see you... (whistles) Well.
9: Hi, babe. What's cooking?
2: Looks like you are. There's steam coming out of your eyes, buddy. I'd like to see Joe, the boss. Are you it?
9: No, but little Stevie don't like responsibilities. I'm as free as a breeze.
2: Well, why don't you blow? All I'm interested in is the boss man. Is he around?
9: Uh, Joe's right in front of you. Where? Look down.
2: Oh. Oh. (laughs) Well, um, Mr. Joe, I'm Maisie Revere. Hi. Uh, Well, they told me at the school from which I have just graduated from which that you might have some use for a manicurist.
5: I'm sorry, Maisie. We don't need a manicurist. We already outnumber the customers two to one.
2: Hey. Uh, Hey, wait a minute, Joe. There's a man looking in the window. Maybe he can be converted into a customer.
9: Yes, sir. What can I do for you, sir? Shave, haircut, mud pack, massage, shampoo? I'm just looking.
2: Oh, well, uh, why don't you come over here where you can get a closer look?
5: Sunlamp? Shoe shine? Facial? Singe? No.
2: Manicure? Sure.
5: Uh-huh.
2: Do I get the job, Joe?
5: Oh, oh go, go right ahead, Maisie. This is the first customer we've had all week.
2: Oh, thanks, boss. Now, sir, well, will you sit down, please?
1: Sure. What are you doing tonight, sister?
2: Tonight? Yeah. Taking my judo lesson. <laughs> Any other questions, mister?
1: Hey, well, uh, in that case, I'll, uh, I'll just have a, a manicure. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Yeah.
2: Now, let's see. Uh, how do I start again? Oh,
1: now, look, miss, <laughs> oh, I don't was tell only Oh, me. I'll w- remember I... in a minute.
2: Oh, yeah. First, got to file your nails. Give me your hand
1: Dear hey, miss yeah, don't you think I'd better take off my gloves first?
2: oh yeah yeah i I just thought you'd like to keep mine while I did your nails because it's so cold in here
10: <laughs>
2: well, here I go again, mister wish me luck <laughs> All finished, Mr. Perkins. Come back again soon after the scars heal. (laughs)
1: Sure. It was worth everything just having my paws held by... by such a doll. (laughs) Bye, miss.
2: Goodbye, Harry. Gee, what do you know? Harry gave me a dollar and a half tip.
1: A dollar
5: and a half? Say, Maisie could... No. Ha, smart girl, Maisie. Don't listen to that Lindlouse. He's trying to chisel enough to bet on a horse in the fifth race. It's running in the second race. I'm talking about when it comes in. Well, Joe, Hmm?
2: am I hired permanent? Hmm?
5: (laughs) You're hired.
2: Good. Now, how about lunch? It's a good idea. I'm starved. Oh. Look, you watch
5: the shop, Maisie. In in case a man comes to collect a bill while I'm gone, give him the $35 in the cash register. It's a sort of a part payment on these two barber chairs, see?
9: I'd like to make it more, but... uh, Things ain't been so good.
2: Well, don't worry. I'll take care of it. No,
9: Maisie, you must be starved. You go out to lunch. I'll stand guard over the money. I oh, know. You don't leave a rabbit loose in a field of lettuce. <laughs> Bye, Maisie.
2: Bye, boss, and hurry back. I got a dollar and a half of lunch to eat. Come on, Steve.
5: If you want to watch something, watch me eat.
9: But Gosh, Joe, I should wait for Nick. He's coming in for that $2 bet on laughing water. Come on, come on. I'm saving you money. <laughs>
2: good morning, sir.
11: Well, well, something new has been added.
2: Yeah, I'm the manicurist. Anything I can do for you today? Uh, I mean, besides that, we've got a special on haircuts. 75 cents or two for a dollar and a quarter.
11: No, thanks, baby. I don't have two heads.
2: Hmm. You could have fooled me. Well, maybe a manicure while you're waiting for the barbers to come back from lunch.
11: Oh, some other time, gorgeous. Right now, I'm strictly business. I'm here to pick up some money. You? Yeah.
2: Oh, oh, oh! You're the man I've been waiting for.
11: <laughs> Lots of dames tell me that, sugar. Lots of them.
2: No, I mean the man he told me to give the money to. Here you are. Thirty-five dollars.
11: Thanks, baby. Here's your receipt, I did. Thirty-five.
2: Yeah. Well, he said he'd like to make it more, but. Well, uh, you know how it is.
11: Yeah, yeah, I know. Poor jerk's been losing his shirt. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: But now that I'm here, I'm sure he'll do much better.
11: Hmm, pretty sure of yourself, ain't you, sister?
2: Well, I should be. Getting four out of five right every day ain't bad.
11: What if I did... Four out of five every day? Say, that's a terrific average.
2: Well, all my teachers thought so, too. Teachers? Hmm? At the school.
11: School? Hmm? You mean they got a school now where they teach you how to make a living at it?
2: Well, certainly. There's no guesswork about a thing like that. It's a science.
11: Yeah. So I hear.
2: The only one I lost out on was hangnails.
11: Oh, hangnails, huh? Mm hmm. Scratch.
2: Sure. What else?
11: Gosh, baby, you're terrific. Well, uh, got to Scram now. See you later.
2: Oh, hey, wait a minute. You forgot my receipt.
11: Oh, sure, sure. For the 35 bucks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. See you, so long. So. Hmm. He signed it, Laughing Water. That's funny. He didn't look like an Indian to me. Ah, well,
10: I'm
5: back from lunch, Maisie. Maisie,
2: where are you? Over here, Joe. I'm putting fresh towels in the hot towel cabinet. Oh. Gosh, Joe, I had no idea you stayed at so many hotels. Ah, huh? Oh, <laughs> uh. yeah. I get
5: around, Maisie. Hey, tell me, did the man come from the chair money?
2: Yeah, yeah, about 20 minutes ago. Oh. He took it and left.
5: Yeah? Uh, wasn't he sore? I mean, didn't he argue because it wasn't enough?
2: No. As a matter of fact, I didn't think he expected that much.
5: Yeah, hey, that's funny. With me, if I'm a nickel short, he raises the roof.
2: Well, with me, he was as gentle as a kitten, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Joe. Let's
12: have it. Oh, uh,
2: back again, Mr. Hotchkiss.
12: Back? What do you mean, back? Maisie, look who is here.
2: Oh, good morning, sir. What would you like, a manicure? Sure, sit down.
12: Come on, no stalling. Give. Uh, give? Maisie. Yeah, Joe. Where is it?
2: It? <gasps> Oh, oh, oh. Y- you just go through there. It's the first... Look, door the...
12: don't try to razzle-dazzle me with comical stuff. Where's the money for the chairs? The,
5: the money? But Maisie gave it already, didn't you, Maisie?
2: Yeah, but not to him. Huh? No, it was another fellow came in for money, an, an Indian. An Indian? Yeah, tough-looking one with a mean jaw. When he smiled, his chin made a fist. Oh, fine. That wasn't
12: Well, Joey, I'm waiting, and you know me. I know from
5: nothing. Y- look, look, Mr. Hotchkiss, please. We can straighten this out. All I need is a little time. Sure,
12: take an hour. That's little enough. And if you haven't got the money, I'm yanking those barber chairs out here. Y- y- y-
5: yeah. Maisie. Maisie, now you've done it. I'm going to be put out of business. Well,
2: gosh, Joe, how was I supposed to know I gave it to the wrong guy? Look, he even gave me a receipt.
5: Let me see. $35 on laughing water. Maisie, this is a
9: receipt from a bookie.
2: A bookie? Oh, my gosh. I just put a barber shop on a horse.
3: <laughs> the Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern, will continue in just a moment.
2: So let you keep these barber chairs if you could raise part of that thirty five dollars. Say twenty-five bucks.
5: Uh, yeah, but how are we gonna raise
2: twenty-five bucks? I don't give the answers, Joe, just the questions. Maybe we could raise the prices of haircuts. Were we gonna raise the customers?
9: Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah.
9: Besides, Joe's only got an hour to get up the cash. Eh. Hey, I've got an idea. Yeah?
2: Yeah?
9: I know. Oh. Oh. Well, oh, look, why can't we uh Yeah? Yeah? No, it won't work.
2: Well, suppose I go to Mr. Hotchkiss and beg for mercy. You know, throw myself at his feet. No, no, maybe, maybe I better do it.
9: Yeah, in your case, it's a much shorter throw.
2: No, no, I made the mistake and I'll talk to him. It's true he may throw me out in my ear, break my arm or sick as goons on me, but I'm the one who loused up everything and I'm the one that should go. Well... Well, what? Ain't you going to talk me out of it? (laughs) No. And I thought you were gentlemen. Come in. Mr. Hotchkiss, I'd like to appeal to your better nature about. Just a minute,
12: please. I'm on the phone. Look, I don't care if she is 75 years old. No, and I don't care if she's sick either. She owes me $20 for furniture, and if I don't get the money at once, out she goes into the street. Yeah, I know she's my own mother, but that makes no difference. Business is business. Yes. Goodbye, Father. Yes, miss. Uh, what can I do for you?
2: Uh, well, uh, I'm the manicurist at Joe's barber. Oh, yes.
12: That little matter of $52. That's
2: right. <laughs> Mr. Hotchkiss, you couldn't be as mean as you look. <laughs> want to bet uh, if joe doesn't hold on to that job of his 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 poor kids will go hungry and maybe starve no clothes no food no home walk on the streets cold hungry nothing to live please, for
12: please say no more i shall break into tears
2: money money there are there are other things in this world besides money
12: well don't tell me what they are it'll only confuse me Miss, I want that money, and that's all. It so happens I have a one-track mind.
2: One-track mind. Oh. Oh, well, um, that's why I'm here, Mr. Hodgkiss. You didn't happen to lose a receipt for a horse bet when you were in the barbershop this morning, did you?
12: Young lady, I never bet on horses.
2: Oh. Oh, then I guess this receipt dropped out of Mr. Fairchild's pocket while he was getting a shave.
12: Mr. Fairchild? Uh-huh.
2: The multimillionaire is sportsman who bets on horses and makes a fortune. Last year, he made a million dollars on them.
12: That's just oodles and noughts, isn't it?
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. However,
12: that receipt didn't drop out of my pocket. Now, about the $52... Oh, that'll
2: have to keep. I simply must return this receipt to Mr. Fairchild. The race goes on in an hour, and if this ticket should happen to fall into the wrong hands, well, $35 at 99 to 1 would be... Uh, $3,465. Oh, gee, you're faster at figures than Jack Benny. Well, I must return this receipt to the filthy rich, money to burn, enough to get all the cars, yachts, and pretty girls he wants, Mr. Fairchild. Uh,
12: yes, uh, money, girls. Uh, Just a minute, miss. Uh, I have coming to me $52, which you don't have. Mm -hmm. And this Mr. Fairchild person has a chance of winning $3,465, which he doesn't need. Now, how about it?
2: Why, Mr. Hotchkiss, I I haven't the faintest idea what you mean. Well? Oh, well, I hardly think it's fair to let you have Mr. Fairchild's race receipt so as you can forget all about the $52 Joe owes you.
12: And how did you suspect I had that in mind, miss?
2: Oh, just took a wild guess. <laughs> well, what
12: do you say? Is it a deal?
2: Well. If you'd rather not? Oh, you just talked me into it. Here's the receipt. Goodbye, Mr. Hotchkiss. Ah,
12: Laughing Water. 99 to 1, $3,465. Oh, Hotchkiss, you sly old fox. I could kiss you.
13: Hotchkiss! Kiss. Did you get the money from Joe the barber? No, I got something better. Something better than money, eh? Hodgkiss, have you been drinking? Wait till you see, boss.
12: See this receipt? Thirty-five bucks on laughing water in the second race. Information straight from the pocket, I mean, mouth, of the richest horse better in the country. Do you
13: have rocks in your head, Hodgkiss? No one can win money on horses. But, um, and me... anyone who would wager good money on anything as unpredictable as a horse race is a complete idiot. Um, hello? Oh, uh, it's for you, boss. Who is it? Your bookmaker. Oh, give me that phone. Hello, Benny. What's that? Okay, okay, I'll send you the four grand I lost. See, by the way, Benny, you know a horse named Laughing Water in the second? Uh-huh. 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 Yeah, thank you.
10: Well? He says
13: Water Water's a dark horse. He is? Uh-huh. He has yet to come in before dark i kiss if you don't get that 52 from Joe and bring it right to me? You're out of a job. Don't
12: worry, boss. I'm going back to Joe's with this race receipt and get that money or the chairs.
9: Believe me, Joe, you got nothing to worry about. I tell you, laughing water is ready. I just come oh. from the stable. Yeah. I thought it was just that cheap hair tonic you've been using. Here, just gaze your eyes on that nag's record. You see, laughing water, 1938, finished 10th. 39, finished 9th. 48, 41, 7th. You see, Joe, she's moving ahead. What's she been doing since 1941? Resting, Joe, resting. Just lying back under a tree with her hoofs crossed behind her head and resting. Saving her strength. For nine years? Uh Uh-huh. Now she's ready. She's a cinch.
2: Joe, uh, Steve, I ran all the way back. I got news for you. Great big fat news. I got news too, Maisie. Laughing water is ready. For what? The glue factory? Look, fellas, before you go any further, I got to tell you. No, Maisie, look. Look,
5: look, I think I think Steve is right. We got a chance. Let them take the chairs. When our horse comes in, we'll be able to buy new ones. Mm. And Maisie, I won't forget you. If the horse wins, I promise you will
9: be in clover.
2: In? You mean under? No, now, let's see. Look, fellas, I... Don't I'm... let her
9: kid you, Joe. The race is in the bag.
2: And we're holding it. Amazing. Maisie, you don't seem
9: to be happy about this.
2: Look, Joe, I don't know how to tell you this, so... Yeah? So I won't. All I can say is... Later,
9: Maisie, later. It's just about race time. I'll turn on the
1: radio. But I, I do good. And, uh, they're off. Eighteen horses in a cloud of dust. Yeah. Where's the laughing water?
2: Probably behind the cloud. Joe, I want...
1: a boy takes an early lead, Bushwhacker is on the rail. Rifkin and Esvogel are butch together. And look, one of the horses is still having trouble getting out of the starting gate.
2: Probably Laughing Water.
1: It's Laughing Water.
2: What else? Oh, fine. Boy, Joe. she will get out and win. Laughing Water's heart pumps fighting blood. Too bad it didn't pop into her feet.
1: At the first quarter, Dollface is in the lead. <laughs> yeah. She's now three lengths ahead of the field. <laughs> well, There's Rap and last, Vogel, neck to neck. And while that goes, laughing water. Where? 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 (laughs) Laughing water is gaining fast, running like crazy. It won't surprise me if she caught up with her jockey.
2: Lost to her jockey? What's her jockey doing? doing? Probably when they had to clear the pebbles out of her way. Now
1: at the three-quarter mark, uh, Dollface is four eighths ahead. Uh, Rifkin and Lasvogel have dropped out of contention. They would. It's now between Bushwhacker and Dollface. Hey, you miss. I want my money and my receipt
12: back for the chair.
2: Don't bother us, chum. Just pick up a razor and cut yourself a piece of throat. Yeah, we're listening to the race. We got a lot of dough on laughing yes. water. <laughs> Me too, but I'm going to get it back. Sorry, chum, too late. Now
1: they're heading into the stretch. It's a doll face and a bushwhacker. <laughs> doll face and bushwhacker. And wow, here comes laughing no, water. No, no, no. Laughing water. Come on, on. laughing water. No, Laffing no, don't let come
2: laughing water. Don't knock yourself off the filthy gold. Here comes laughing
1: water, running like a mad duck. She's third yeah. She's a second Mr. D-
2: Hotskis, did you say something about wanting your receipt back? Are you crazy? Come on, Laughing Water. Come on. Your yeah, baby, needs new shoes. Little Joe needs a new shop. Little Maisie needs a mask. Come on, Laughing
1: Water. You can't lose. You can't lose. But try, honey, try. And here's the winner, ladies and gentlemen, the Laughing Water. <laughs> yes, folks. A 99 to one shot one. Uh-huh.
9: <laughs> you hear that, Maisie? <laughs> Aren't you happy? <laughs>
5: Well, say something. Ra, rah, rah.
1: Stand by, folks, for huh? the official report from the judge. But, well, Maisie, the ticket.
2: The ticket? Yeah, yeah, on the horse. Well, um, Mr. Hotchkiss here, he, uh, Yeah? He, He. Uh, he... <laughs> if
12: you're thinking about what I'm thinking, Joe, I've got it. It's got what?
2: The receipt. Oh,
12: oh. Maisie, you didn't.
2: I... I exchanged it with him for... Oh, you're going to hate me.
6: Mm, On that you can bet. We made nothing.
2: Look, Joe, I I thought I was doing the right thing. I guess I'm just a meddling fool. You can say that again. I'm just a meddling fool. And
5: you're fired. Thousands of dollars you cost me and my shower. Oh, Mom told me there'd be days like this. Just a
1: minute, folks, just a minute. What's this. A foul has been claimed. Huh? Yes, the judges have disqualified laughing Water. Disqualified. It seems a horse can't win a race without a jockey. Okay.
2: Now, here's the winner. Dark What? Does that mean your horse lost? No, chum. Your horse lost. And you're out exactly $52. So then, yeah. <laughs> Amazing! Oh, you're wonderful.
9: I could kiss you. Lift me up, Steve. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, it's nothing, fellas. Just a touch of genius, that's all.
5: Oh, to me it was everything. You paid off my debt, and we still got the chairs.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Isn't it wonderful? Now we can starve sitting down.
3: (laughs) (laughs) In just a moment, we shall return to the adventures of Maisie. Here's
2: Maisie. Well, I'm back, like the fella just said, but not at Joe's barbershop. It seems that a famous pianist who was given a recital tonight came in for a manicure. And, well, I ain't saying how many of that piano player's fingers I damaged, but I sure hope he knows how to play chopsticks. Well, I got to eat tonight, so might as well prowl around for a pawn shop. Hmm. I wonder how much I can get on a pair of manicuring scissors, slightly bent.
3: You've just heard The Adventures of Maisie, starring Ann Southern. (laughs) Maisie was written by Arthur Phillips. Original music was composed and conducted by Harry Zimmerman. Supporting cast included Sidney Miller, Howard McNair, Ted Osborne, Ken Christie, Tom Tully, and Peter Leeds. Jack McCoy speaking.
0: See you tomorrow at the matinee, and thanks so much for listening. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.